Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church, where our goal is to know Jesus and make Jesus known. To learn more about Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Josh Murray. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you doing this morning? Hey, it's good to see you on. Welcome you to Canyon Creek and Happy New Year. Uh, Man, I'm glad that you're starting off the year here uh, this morning. It's good to see you. I want to take a second and welcome those who are joining us online from home for our live stream service. We're glad that you're tuning in today. And if it's your first time with us or your first time in a while, I want to ask you to do me a favor and fill out our Connect card. There's a few ways you can do that. You can scan the QR code or send us a text. There are numbers on the screen, or you can fill out a paper card in the bulletin and tear it out and leave it in the plates as you leave today. We just want to get some information from you so that we can serve you the best way that we can. But again, Happy New Year. Glad you're here. We're going to begin a series today called Surrender. And in this series, we're going to spend just a few weeks talking about how we can put God first in a few key important areas of our lives. Uh, And the reason that I want to talk about this is because there's a level of living that we miss out on when we don't put God first in our lives. So we're going to start off this year with just a few weeks on how we can truly put God first in some really key, important, vital areas of our lives. Uh, And I'm excited for this series uh, because I believe that these principles really have the power to change your life as you go into this new year. And I say this a lot, but as your pastor, my desire is for you to experience all that God has in store for you. Uh, And as a church, we want to equip you with the knowledge and the tools necessary to walk in God's blessing and walk in his goodness in your life. That's what I want for you. I want to see you experience his goodness in your life. I want to see you experience his goodness in your family, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your emotions, in your job, in all these different areas of life. I want you to experience God's goodness and the joy and the peace and the hope and the fulfillment that we find only in him. And the thing about it is there's a joy that you can't find anywhere other than in God, right? There's a peace that you can't find anywhere other than in God. Even in the midst of life's most difficult circumstances, God can bring peace into your situation. Even in the the most hopeless of situations, God can bring hope into your life. I love how the Bible tells us that Abraham hoped when there was no reason for hope, right? And why was he able to do that? It's because his hope wasn't found in his circumstances. His hope wasn't found in what was happening around him. His hope wasn't found in the people that were surrounding him. Abraham's hope was in God. And we need to be a lot more like Abraham in that way as we go into this new year. Uh, But today, I just want to talk to you about a principle that I hope will kind of set us up that I believe opens the door for us to experience God's goodness and his blessing in our lives. And that is the principle of putting God first. All right. And I named this series Surrender because we're going to talk about a few areas, like I said, that we really need to surrender to God. But really, all this is about is putting God first. And I know that you've heard that like a thousand times, right? You need to put God first. This isn't news to anybody. But the question that I hope to answer for the next few weeks is how do I do that? All right. How do I really put God first in these areas of my life. And the reality that I want us to understand as we go into it is this, that God belongs in the driver's seat of our lives, okay? That's where he's supposed to be. That's where he belongs. That's the role that he needs to play in our lives. But typically, we treat him like a cleanup crew instead, all right? 
That's just what we do. Now, none of us would actually say that, right? None of us would actually say, well, I'm in the driver's seat, but I have this great cleanup crew following me around. His name is Jesus, right? We would never say that, but that's how we often live our lives, right? God belongs in the driver's seat, but we treat him as the cleanup crew instead. Here's what I mean by that. We just drag God along on the back end of our lives so that when we mess up, he's there to clean up our mess. And here's what I would say to that. God is absolutely merciful, right? God is full of grace. So if you need him to clean up some areas of your life, he would love to help you with that. He wants to bring you out of the mess that you're in today and put you in a better place because he loves you and he cares about you and he sees you where you are and he meets you there and he forgives you for what you've done. But he also wants you to move forward, right? He also wants you to get past some things. He also wants you to overcome some things. He also wants you to experience freedom for some things. And here's what I'll say to you today. You will never experience any of that as long as God is your cleanup crew, okay? Because he belongs in the driver's seat of your life. So we need to structure our lives in such a way as we continue in this new year that we're not just constantly needing God to bail us out of our dumb decisions, right? We know that he's gracious. We know that he's merciful. We know that he loves us and cares about us. We know that he's there for us when we make mistakes. Absolutely, that's all great news. But at the same time, we can't continue living there, okay? In the same time, we can't allow ourselves to stay stuck in that place. God can't forever just be your cleanup crew, all right? If you want to experience the fullness of what life with Jesus is like, if you want to experience the fullness of his goodness, the fullness of his freedom, if you want to experience the fullness of the life that he has planned for you, then you need to move God from being your cleanup crew and put him in the driver's seat of your life, okay? Let me say it another way. We experience so much more than just the mercy and grace of God when we actually allow him to lead and direct our lives. And here's the difference. When you're in the driver's seat, only you're going to experience only what you have to offer yourself, okay? But when God is in the driver's seat of your life, all of a sudden you're going to experience all that he has to offer. And I don't know about you, but I know in my life, there's a big difference between what I have to offer and what God has to offer, right? But when you're in the driver's seat, when you're ordering your own steps, when you're making your own plans, when you're making your own decisions, here's what happens you get capped out at your own knowledge. You get capped out at your own ability. You get capped out at your your own goodness. And I don't know about you, but that's not a place I wanna be in, right? I wanna experience all that God has to offer, all of his goodness, all of his peace, all of his joy, all of his blessing. That's what I want to experience in my life. But in in order for me to experience everything that God has to offer, I need to give him control. I need to put him in the driver's seat. I need to follow his guidance. I need to put him first, okay? In other words, I don't want my joy and my peace and my fulfillment and my hope and my marriage and my family, my relationships, my future, my knowledge. I don't want any of those things to reach a ceiling at my own ability. I want to experience more than what I have to offer. I want to experience all that God has in store. And the only way to experience everything that God has in store is to put him first in your life. I love what Solomon says in Psalm 127. Solomon, one of the wisest people who ever lived, said this. He said, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. He goes on, unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert 
and vain. Now, Solomon in this verse uses the idea of a house as a metaphor for our lives, right? So basically what he's saying, if God is not the one that's building the house, your life, then you're doing it in vain. In other words, it's pointless, okay? Now let's think about this for a minute, beneath the surface. This was written by a man named Solomon, right? What does the Bible tell us about Solomon? It tells us he was the wisest man who ever lived. Not only was he incredibly wise, he was incredibly wealthy. He had all the riches of the world, everything you could ever want. This guy, by worldly standards, built the greatest life you could ever live. And after all of that experience, after all of that time, after all that work, all that effort, he says, unless God is building it, it's all in vain. Unless God is building it, it's all pointless. He goes on, he says, unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. Again, think about this. This is a man who commanded armies and he's saying, unless God is involved, unless God is the one watching over the city, unless God is the one protecting us, then all of this is in vain. In other words, it's pointless. And I would say the same thing about the life you're living today. If God is not in control, if God is not in the driver's seat, then all of your effort is in vain. It's all pointless. And the problem that we're facing today is that you can build a pretty decent life on your own, right? You can get a good job. You can have a family. You can buy a boat if you want. They're, they're out there for sale, right? You can take a vacation to Fuji, right? Or Tahiti or Aruba, Bora Bora. I'm just listing all the places I want to go, right? They, they, this keeps popping up on my Instagram feed, these places where you can go and you're sleeping in the bed. And when you look over the bed, there's water under there, under the floor. You know what I'm talking about? That's like a whole nother level. You can go to those places. They exist. You can have this pretty cool life. You can build a decent life on your own. And the problem is we've been tricked into thinking that bigger houses and newer cars and boats and vacations, that that's what life is all about. And those are all good things, right? I love vacations. I love boats. None of those are bad things in and of themselves, but there's a fulfillment, a level of fulfillment that you will never reach in life unless God is in control, okay? He belongs in the driver's seat. He's not the cleanup crew. He is God, and what we tend to do is we go through life, we set the destination, okay? Your, your phone can do this for you now. It's really cool. Krista and I were on a, a trip a couple weeks ago and we usually put in the place we're going and then somewhere along the way, we wanna find like a Starbucks so we can get some iced lemon loaf bread, you know what I'm talking about? And coffee for her, I don't drink coffee, but we wanna find a Starbucks. Now, here's what you can do. On your phone, you can put in the destination you're wanting to go. For us, we were going to the College Station area and you can say, I wanna stop at a Starbucks on the way. And your phone will put these things in order for you. It will find a Starbucks on the way and it will lead you there first and then it will lead you to where you're wanting to go. And this is what we do with God, okay? We set the destination. This is ultimately where I wanna go. I'm making the plans. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm headed. We have that part planned out because we're in the driver's seat. And what we do is we add a few little waypoints on the way that we can give to God, right? We're like, well, I know this plan that I have, but I'll stop at church on Sunday to worship him. We set that little waypoint, right? 
or I'll pause my route, I'll pause my plan to do this little thing that he's calling me to do. We set the direction, we set the destination, and we treat God like a little added waypoint along the way. And here's what I want you to understand today. The destination that God has planned for your life is much, much greater than any destination you will ever set on your own. And if you trust him enough to put him in the driver's seat where he belongs, okay, you'll be amazed at where he takes you. You'll be amazed at what he begins to do in and through your life. But if you want to experience the fullness of all that God has in store for your life, he has to be in control, okay? He has to be the leader. He has to be the director. He has to be first in your life. So how do we do that? How do we put God first? How do we surrender to him? It's great for us to understand, yes, I need to do that, but how do we actually do it? Well, for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna break down a few key areas of our lives that we tend to try to control on our own. And my prayer for you is that if you will put God first in each of these three key areas of your life, I believe it'll do something powerful in your life. And again, that's what I want you to experience. I want you to experience all that God has in store for you. I want you to experience the fullness of his great plan for your life. So today, we're gonna start with the most foundational area that we often try to control on our own. Today, we're gonna talk about how we put God first in our decisions, all right? When you hear that phrase, put God first, I think we believe it, right? Like I said, I think we know I should put God first, that's how I should live, but do we actually do it? Do we actually know how? Do we actually understand? How do I begin to do that in my life? How do I put God first? How do I surrender to him? How do I put him in the driver's seat? How do we do it. Here's why it's so important that we figure it out, because we miss out on experiencing the fullness of God, everything that he has to offer us, because we don't really understand what it means to put him first. So today we're going to talk about decision making. Again, I'd love for you to take notes if you have something to write on. I want to give you a process to run through when it's time to make a decision in your life. I wanna give you a few filters that you need to run your decisions through if you wanna put God first in your decision-making. If you run your decisions through these filters, through this process, I believe it'll help you to make more godly decisions in your life. Are you with me this morning? All right, here's the first filter. Number one, it's the word. Does it line up with the word of God? Okay. Now this is an easy place to start, but it's absolutely critical that we start in this place. This decision that I'm about to make, does it line up with the word of God, okay? When we filter our decisions through God's word, we're able to experience the protection, the wisdom, and the guidance that God wants to give us, okay? Remember, God's word is not there to ruin your fun. His boundaries aren't there to keep you from something. His word is important because he's wiser than you are. His word is important because he knows better than you do. He cares about you and he gave us his word as boundaries for life so that we would walk in his ways because of how much he loves us, right? He wants what's best for you. He wants you to walk in that. I remember when Krista and I first started baby-proofing our house, right? What's the first thing we did? We started putting outlet covers on every outlet that our daughter could reach. And we didn't do that because we were trying to ruin her fun, okay? We did that because we didn't want her to electrocute herself. And that's how God's word works. His boundaries are there for our own good. They give us safety, they give us protection. So if we wanna put God first in our decisions, 
the very first filter that we have to run those decisions through is the word of God. The word of God, it must be the first filter for our decisions because it allows us to walk in God's ways and experience his wisdom, his protection and direction. And if you can just grasp how important that is, it'll change your life, okay? But what do we do instead? Rather than going to God's word, we sometimes act like we're smarter than God and we do things our own way instead. Have you ever done that before? Christians have gotten really good at saying, well, I know what God's word says, but I'm gonna do it this way instead. And here's what happens when you do that. You remove yourself from the wisdom and the protection and the direction of God. And that is where we get in trouble, okay? As Christians, we must live our lives under the authority of God's word. Doesn't matter how smart you think you are. Doesn't matter how wise you think you are. Let me just tell you this morning, God is smarter than you, okay? God is wiser than you and you need his word. You need his wisdom. You need his protection. You need his direction. Here are a couple of verses to help us. Matthew chapter seven. We read this one just a few weeks ago. Jesus said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The Bible says the rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. He shifts, he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash, okay? Now remember in context, this passage is not speaking about people who believe in Jesus versus people who don't believe in Jesus. What does Jesus say? It's about people who are obedient to his word versus people who aren't obedient to his word. And here's what this means for us today. In order for us to build our house on the rock, we need to make decisions based on the word of God, okay? We need to be obedient to the word of God. We need to read the word of God and do what it says. And here's what I see in the church, not our church, but the church as a whole. We've gotten really good at reading God's word, right? It's the new year. Chances are you've probably started a reading plan and that's great. Get in the word, read the word of God. But you also have to do what it says, okay? It's not enough just to read it. You have to live it. You have to be under the authority of the word of God. And Jesus tells us if we obey his word, our lives will be built on a solid rock. And when the storms come, and they will, and when we face challenges, and we will, and when life gets rough, and it will, what's gonna happen to us? We're gonna stand firm. We're gonna be okay because our lives are built on the rock of Jesus Christ. But in order to build our lives on that rock, we have to be obedient to his word, okay? Here's another one, 2 Timothy chapter three. All scripture, all of it is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. In other words, all scripture, all of it is helpful for when you're trying to make a decision. What does it do? It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us what is right. God uses it to prepare us and equip us for every good work that he has planned. That's what the word of God is there for. 
So if you wanna put God first in your life, your foundation must be built on his word. We live in a world that is constantly changing, right? The world around us is constantly changing. The culture we live in is constantly changing. Popular opinion is changing just like that. And when everything else is changing so rapidly, the only thing that will stand firm is the word of God. When everything else is constantly shifting, the only thing that is always going to remain true is the word of God. Here's what's gonna happen. If you try to make your decisions based on popular opinion, you're gonna look really good for about 30 seconds, okay? And then that popular opinion is gonna change again and you're gonna be left like, what, right? That fast. We have to be people who are strong enough in our faith to say, I'm going to make my decisions based on the word of God. And here's why that requires strong faith. Let me just tell you, I'm gonna be very honest with you this morning. It requires strong faith because there's going to come a time when you have to make a decision as a Christian that goes against popular opinion. That's just the reality of the Christian life. There are gonna be moments in your life where you're faced with two options. And one option is to follow God and be obedient to his word. And the other option is to do the exact opposite. And in those moments, our faith needs to be strong enough to say, I'm going to be obedient to the word of God. That's it. But here's what I wanna encourage you with this morning. When you do that, when you make your decisions based on obedience to the word of God, he's going to be faithful to keep his promises for you. That's it. He promises to take care of you. He promises that you can trust him. He's always going to follow through. His will is better, okay? So if we wanna put God first in our decisions, the first step in that process of making decisions has to be running our decisions through the filter of the word of God. Ask yourselves, does this line up with the word of God? The word of God has to be the first filter in your decision-making process. Here's the second thing, number two. After we've done that, we look for guidance, okay? We ask God for guidance. There might come a time where you have to make a decision and you've read the Bible and there might still be some ambiguity, right? There might come a time where you have to make a decision. You've run that through the word of God, but there's still some uncertainty. You're still not quite sure. Maybe God's word doesn't have a clear answer for you and you're left wondering, so what do I do now? If you find yourself in that position, you need to ask God for some guidance. And let me just tell you, God wants you to ask him for guidance, okay? He wants to give you guidance. He wants to lead you. He wants to give you direction. He wants to help you. God told Noah to build an ark, right? Acts chapter eight tells us that the Holy Spirit led Philip to witness to this man in the chariot, and he did. Turn the page, Acts chapter 10 tells us that God directed Peter to the people that he wanted him to talk to and even told him what to say in case he didn't know, right? Acts chapter 16, Acts is full of this, tells us that God led Paul and Timothy exactly where he wanted them to go to spread the gospel. There is a guidance of the Holy Spirit that we need to be sensitive to in our lives, I love what James tells us, James chapter one, verse five. He says, now, if any of you lacks wisdom, if you don't know what to do, here's the answer. Ask God. He gives to all generously and ungrudgingly. And when you ask, the Bible says, it will be given to you, okay? God wants to give you guidance when you need it most. The question is, are you asking him for it? Are you asking him for guidance? Are you asking him to lead you? Are you sensitive to his voice? Are you sensitive to what he wants to say? If I can only get one thing across to you this morning, let it be this. 
you need to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life and you need to trust what he has to say, okay? When the word of God isn't perfectly clear on a decision that you're trying to make, turn to God and ask him for guidance. The Bible tells us he gives it generously and ungrudgingly because he loves you, because he cares about you. He cares about your future. He cares about your life. He cares about your relationships, your marriages, your family, your children. Be sensitive to his voice. Be sensitive to his leadership because he wants to help you. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. Now, when we ask him for guidance, there are a few boundaries that we need to be aware of. Okay, let me give you a little bit of wisdom on this. These boundaries are sort of like bumpers on a bowling lane, right? Some of you may still use those and that's okay. We're not here to shame you today. But sometimes we need some boundaries to help keep us in line. The first boundary is this. God will never speak something to you that is contradictory to what his word says, okay? So if you ever think, oh, the Holy Spirit's telling me to do this, but it's not quite what God's word says, that's not from God at all. You need to run away from that, okay? Here's another boundary. When it comes to making a decision based on God's guidance, based on the leadership that he's giving you, it's always a good idea to bring another believer into that process, right? Have them pray with you, have them pray for you. In other words, if you sense the Holy Spirit leading you to do something, It's never a bad idea to talk about that with someone you know who's also following Jesus, right? You can say to that person, well, God, I feel is leading me to do this. What do you think? Bring some other people into the process, right? Those are both good boundaries. These are good things to do. But if you wanna experience all that God has for you, you can't ignore his guidance in your life. Remember, he wants to lead you. He wants to help you. He wants to guide you. You just need to listen for his voice, all right? So if we need to make a decision, we begin with God's word. We ask, does this line up with the word of God? We're gonna do some studying. Then we ask God for some additional guidance if we need it because he wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And here's the third and final filter, it's wisdom. What is my wisdom telling me to do? Okay. Notice, it is only after we've consulted the word of God and asked him for some additional guidance if we need it, that we consider our own wisdom, okay? This third level of our decision-making process is where we ask ourselves, okay, what do I think is right? What is my wisdom telling me to do? And when it comes to making decisions, we can't forget that God has also given us wisdom, right? I say this to people all the time, God gave you a brain, use it, use it. Sometimes you'll have to look beyond your own wisdom and consult the wisdom of someone else that you trust. The Bible tells us that there's safety in a multitude of counselors. When I have to make a big, important decision in my life, there are a few people that I know and trust that are smarter than me, that are wiser than me, that have been following God for longer than I have, that are more mature in their faith than I am, and I talk to them about it all the time. And we talk about a situation and I ask, what is your wisdom telling you right now? What are you feeling about this? This is why we have a church body, right? God didn't create the church just so we could gather together for a potluck breakfast, right? That's not the point of church. God didn't create the church just so we could gather for an hour on Sunday mornings. That's not what it's all about. It's for our protection. It's for our safety. We belong in the family of God. There's discernment in this place, right? If you're walking through a difficult decision today, I can promise you that there are some good godly people in this room that would love to talk to you about it. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. And I would encourage you, if you don't have enough wisdom of your own, bring some other people into it. Remember, God gave you a brain. 
okay? Use it. So as we wrap this up, here's how I would summarize God first decisions. Here's how I would summarize putting God first in our decision-making based on these three things. Number one, we are founded on the word of God, okay? That is our foundation. We are led by the Holy Spirit. We follow his voice. We listen for his voice. And number three, we use our God-given wisdom. That is how we put God first in our decisions. We're founded on the word of God. We filter every decision through his word. We're led by the Holy Spirit in all that we do. And we use our God-given wisdom. God gave you a brain, use it. And as we do that, here's what I believe will happen. We will get to experience the fullness of God's goodness in our lives. That's what happens as we put him first. That's what happens as we put him in the driver's seat. And here's what I found to be true in my own life. And I don't want you to miss this, okay? I make my worst decisions when I get these three things out of order. That's when it happens for me. When I don't go down this order, I put these things out of order, that is when I make the worst decisions in my life. We have to go to his word first. Remember, it's not there to keep you from having a good time. It's there for your protection. You need to walk in his ways. You need to follow his direction, his guidance. His word will always be true. If you do these things out of order, you'll probably end up making some bad decisions. And that's okay because there's grace when you make those bad decisions. But I also make bad decisions when I don't use all three of these filters, right? The reality is we need all three of these things. We need God's word. We need his guidance. We need our own God-given wisdom. It's absolutely critical that we tap into all three of these things because if we're only utilizing one of them, then it becomes very easy for us to be driven by our emotions and our experiences without the protection and the safety of God's word. So we're founded on the word of God. We're led by the Holy Spirit and we use our God-given wisdom. And when we allow those parameters to drive our decision-making, we put God in the driver's seat and we begin to experience the fullness of his goodness in our lives. And that's my hope for you today. That's my prayer for you this year. I wanna see you experience the fullness of God's goodness in your life. I don't want you to stay stuck in the place where you're constantly needing God to come along and clean up your messes. I want him to lead you forward into the new life that he has planned for you. I wanna see you grow into the plans that he has for your life. I want you to live it out. But my hope, my prayer for you is that you'll begin to put God first and that when you do, you'll experience his goodness and his plans like never before. I genuinely believe with all of my heart that nothing has the power to impact your daily life more than putting God first. And I believe that if you do it, that you'll experience more in your faith, that you'll experience more in your relationship with him than you ever have before. So as we usher in this new year, as we walk forward into 2024, let's put God first and see what he does in our lives, all right? Let me pray for you today. God, we come to you and we thank you for the gift of your word. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that you sent to lead us and guide us. And we thank you, Father, for the wisdom that you've placed in our minds. We wanna experience the fullness of your goodness. We wanna experience all that you have in store for us. So we pray, God, that you would help us to break the patterns of bad decisions. He would help us to break the patterns of mess after mess after mess that we so often walk in our lives. And he would help us to put you first 
in everything we do, every step we take, every decision that we make. And I pray right now, Father, for every person here today who would say, you know what? My life is just a mess. I can't seem to get it right. I can't seem to overcome it. I can't seem to get past it. We thank you, Father, that we find freedom and healing in who you are. We thank you, God, that you make us new again. So we pray, God, that you'd give us the strength to make some changes in our lives. Help us to set aside our own control and to place you in the driver's seat. Father, we know that we can trust you. So we give you control today as we put you first. With heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, maybe you're here today. And the decision that you need to make today is to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe that's something you've never done before. Now, the good news is you can find forgiveness and salvation in a relationship with Jesus Christ because God sent him to this world. He lived a perfect life. He accomplished everything he needed to do, fulfilled every prophecy, dying a sinner's death on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, but he came out of it alive so that we could experience his forgiveness, so that we could know him, so that we could spend eternity in heaven with him. So if that's you today and you wanna place your faith and trust in Jesus, best decision you could ever make. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Church, let's make this our prayer together. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me today. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose from the dead so that I could be saved. So today I turn away from my sin and I invite you to come into my heart and into my life so that I can know you and trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I give it all to you today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You've been listening to the official podcast of Canyon Creek Baptist Church. If you made a decision to commit your life to Jesus or would like to get connected with Canyon Creek, visit us online at creekfamily.org forward slash connect and fill out a connect card. Thanks again for joining us.